0: This is Make Yourself at Home, a podcast from BizNow, where we talk about the impacts of the pandemic and the events of the world around us on commercial real estate. I'm Miriam Hall, BizNow's New York City reporter. On this episode, Paul Massey, a New York City commercial real estate veteran who's the CEO of brokerage B6 Real Estate Advisors. In 2017, he tried to run for mayor of the city as a Republican but he switched his allegiance to Democrat to support Michael Bloomberg in the Democratic primaries. I spoke to him about the fallout of this extraordinary general election on New York City and the all-important mayoral race that's coming up next year. So tell me, you ran for mayor in 2017 um, as a Republican, uh, obviously very dedicated to the Republican Party, but now you're supporting Democrats. Why is that?
1: Well, I wouldn't say dedicated to the Republican Party because I'm not m- much of a politician. I was a businessman and I thought I look at the mayor's position as more of a CEO role. So I mean, my grandfather was a Republican. I've been a Republican for a long time. I actually think that was a mistake, a tactical mistake of mine, where we uh, I'm socially very liberal, probably like 85 percent of the world, f- fiscally responsible pragmatic. So seven, eight months ago, I switched to Democrat because I wanted to uh, volunteer for and support Michael Bloomberg for president. I was pretty crushed when he withdrew, but really probably where I am is as a Democrat.
0: So you said you weren't dedicated, but you did run for mayor as a Republican, which you think is a tactical mistake. What? Why is that?
1: I'm not sure there's the apparatus to support a run um, unless there are times of extreme um, Mayor Bloomberg is a classic example of having done the same thing successfully, thankfully. So I think people put people in buckets and a lot of New Yorkers, and I don't fault them for this, are just not going to cross party lines. So if you do the math, it's it's extremely difficult to run as anything other than a Democrat. And if I had to do it all over again, I probably would run as a Democrat. And I would feel good about that because it's it's probably more emblematic of who I am. And would signal to people, people would would take a message from that, I think.
0: So it wasn't difficult to make that change?
1: Not at all. I was looking for an excuse to do it.
0: <laughs> so did you vote for Trump the first time around? You said you switched eight months ago?
1: No, I voted for uh, I wrote Michael Bloomberg's name in in, in two thousand sixteen.
0: So it was it was Trump that kind of pushed you into the Democrats, is that right?
1: Uh, <laughs> I was Let's uh, let's just say it was Michael Bloomberg who pushed me into uh, 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 switching parties, who prompted me to.
0: You're certainly not the only person. I mean, putting aside what's happening nationally at this moment, the GOP party in Manhattan has weathered a lot in recent years. Republicans are now outnumbered by Democrats in Manhattan by nearly eight to one compared to mm-hmm. six to one when Giuliani was elected. Uh, mm-hmm. So you're not the only one. Would you go back, do you think?
1: Yeah, I, again, I'm not I'm not that politically wired. I um I I first of all, I vote for the person I think should win, but I wanted to participate in the in the democratic primary to make sure I helped that way. But um I think I think if I had to move again, it would probably be to a centrist party, um which again, I think like 85% of us are in in some of that socially minded, fiscally responsible bucket that we all, you know, talk about. So but a centrist party, when you do the political math, takes probably a long time to get ke- get traction build momentum get enough get enough numbers to if there were to be one get enough numbers to be uh relevant so you'd you'd be sacrificing uh participation at least on a primary basis uh for quite a while before the third party get traction but i i think there's there's a need for a place like that and in you uh the evidence of what I'm saying is is playing out now.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'd love to talk more about the mayoral election in a moment, but let's talk first about what's happening on the national stage. Obviously mm-hmm. you've, had a, you've had a long career in commercial real estate, running your own firm, Massey Knackle. Then you were at Cushman and Wakefield, a mayoral run, as we just touched on. Now you're the CEO mm-hmm. of a firm that's been around for about two years, I'd say.
1: Two years. Yep. B6 stands for building by building block by block
0: what would you say is going to be key for the city and the state in the fallout of this election?
1: Um, the two overarching things are one uh, finding a way through the virus. It, it's, we can't, even though we've been dealing with it for a long time now, you know, eight months, it, it's still a, a critical thing. Very difficult thing. Uh, we need, We need to get it under control and we need a vaccine. So that's number one. Number two is uh, the economy has been deeply wounded and uh, we need to find a way to dig out. And this is especially evident in New York City, where the city was already on shaky ground due to political maneuvering around housing that, that really hurt the real estate industry, which funds half the city's budget. So we're going to need, we're probably going to need federal help. Um, I'm not sure directly in the way of a, a new stimulus package, although that wouldn't hurt. The government really needs to look at not just New York too, because we can be very New York centric, but we need to look at all our, our major urban markets and the health of our economy in general and help, help jumpstart them.
0: So you've obviously supported Biden for president, and that is... Not so much from what I understand from you speaking to you this week as this election has unfolded, that you believe he has these sort of pro-business policies, uh, that you believe he's sort of like a real estate friendly guy, but but, but you believe that he has the best ability to get the virus under control and kind of reach across the divisions in the country.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're not going to have, you're going to have him facing a Republican controlled Senate. And um, so, people going to have to make deals. People going to have to compromise. But that's that's the American way. I think Biden's suggesting things that are going to be potentially negative, potentially negatively impact the real estate market, like the elimination of 1031 tax-free exchange, or 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 at least diminishing its uh, your ability to affect it. They're talking about eliminating the stepped-up basis at time of death, so more heavily taxing estates. Um, those things would dampen uh, the market but I think um, if we can have a civil discourse and be more unified, we'll get to a better outcome in general and uh, that will help the country and th- that'll help real estate We have a we have a, a housing shortage even though um, the real estate residential market is in um, is in a difficult place when the virus, is controlled, the market will snap back and we'll remember that we have a housing shortage in New York City and a lot of urban markets. Um, and we need to deal with that.
0: It's interesting because I think as we've been reporting at BizNow throughout the year and speaking to people, there was that kind of mixed feeling of, one, Biden's policies are not considered boons for real estate, 1031, as you suggested, and, and his, his flag that he's going to change the um, opportunity zone tax tax benefit for, for mm. one another but then on the other hand there's people like you that's saying there's no way the economy can really recover unless we have some sort of plan for the, for the virus um, You're a, a, a person who' obviously talking to real estate people all the time were there people that had supported Trump before and then switched and, and when did they make that switch
1: um. I don't, anecdotally, I I talked to a lot of people who voted for Trump and they had their own personal stories. You know, we have, um, um, we have a just retired uh, army ranger who works at our company and young, great young guy. And he, you know, he was at, he was on the wrong end of a, a nuclear missile that was fired from Iran. And, you know, he, he wants strong foreign diplomacy he wants strong uh, military so he voted for trump and i you know i respect i respect both sides of this first of all this is all just my personal opinion there are plenty of people on both sides of this at my company and in our city and um, but i think i understand why people would have their personal reasons to vote for each side of it but i think that I think fundamentally, Trump has is, is sent a clear message that he has no empathy for New York City, which is you know, very disconcerting.
0: Strangely, he's a New Yorker. Do you think people were surprised by that? That he turned um, out to, to not really send the funding?
1: As evidenced by the election, um, his base remained <laughs> largely intact. But I I didn't think, um, I'm surprised. I actually believed the polls. I thought that Biden would have done better. I think there's, uh, the last two elections are probably evidence of the fact that the pollsters are not talking to the right people or not getting the right people to talk. We we have another young guy in our office who uh, told me he voted for Trump, but said he was a closet Trump supporter because his mom and his sister are socially minded and uh he would be afraid to bring it up with them and he was afraid to go out with his sister and talk to her friends because he thought he'd be vilified
0: there are people like that all all over the place i read an article two years ago in the times and in interviews with men who said they didn't like what he what his policies and they didn't like what he stood for but they it was good for business and they liked that (laughs)
1: I got that all the time. I got, you know, he's he's not my kind of guy, but I mean, how many times have I heard that this year? I think there were plenty of people who had good reason to vote for Trump unrelated to his personality. And and we need to think about that and we need to listen to those people and we need to unify. And I actually have spent time with Joe Biden and I think he's incredibly passionate about the job. He loves being uh, a political guy but he loves people too up and down the food chain He, he and he, and i think he has real empathy for everybody so i i think he will evidence that i think he'll be a grandfatherly figure although exhibiting great energy for the past year no sleepy joe cracks recently from the other side so i'm hugely optimistic that he will will unify by just his very nature and i think people also were concerned about uh the democratic party being too left leaning well there's a senate you know right and there's a congress and i think people might be slightly overplaying the power of the presidency right now because they're so focused on it so there are checks and balances so if like i said 85 percent of us want the country to be socially minded with good social programs and support for folks who are are um who struggle, uh, then that's going to happen if we support that. And, and you know, the, the, the congressional vote is every couple of years. So, you know, we, we've got we've to re- remember, we exercised our right to vote this year in a way that we haven't in many years, and we need to keep it up. It's very important. And then um, I think that will contribute to us being a lot less frustrated about the world.
0: Assuming that federal funding does come, and that's something that everyone I've spoken to this week is quite focused on sort of federal support for the fiscal crisis in the city and the state.
1: Un- Unfortunately, I think it has to come.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's basically what everyone says. What, where do you think the real estate community wants the money to go the most? I mean, what are the specifics when you talk to property owners, buyers, investors? Do they say they want funds to be directed to the tenants so the tenants can pay their rent? Do they want help paying their lenders? What's... What's the specifics, or what do, they, what do they want when they say federal funding?
1: First of all, the city's budget used to be 97 billion. now it's been reduced, but half of that number came from directly from real estate taxes, fund, you know just base, basic real estate taxes. So now, because of rent legislation and the virus and the retail climate, you know being largely hurt by technology, especially, and then the virus. We're going to have budget shortfalls in the city budget that are going to be huge because the net incomes of buildings, uh, the profits on buildings are, are, are evaporating. And that's what was being taxed. So you can't tax nothing. So we're going to need the city to be directly helped, I believe, by the government for the next couple of years until it can stabilize again, until the market comes back. I think that's that's a fundamental underlying thing that that I wish the politicians in Alb- Albany had considered before they put the rent regulations in place. And, and they were intended to help people who struggle. But what the net effect was that it it crushed the residential market, and it's going to directly affect the people who live in those buildings. So that's the direct opposite of what was intended. So first of all, fix the fundamental budget of the city, but then put in place uh, programs to bring companies to New York, to pr- to bring jobs, fix the economy. So f- fix the city and state budget, and then fix the economy, get the economy going uh, locally.
0: It's interesting that you mention um, locally, because obviously the entire planet's Tuesday night has been very fixated on the future of the US presidency. But from a civic and a business point of view, shifts and changes at a state level are also happening. We looked at the the future of the Senate a few weeks ago. And at that time, the real estate community was preparing to lobby to a more progressive legislature. And the politicians were hoping Mm. to increase the majority. The Democratic politicians were hoping to increase the majority. It didn't actually happen. They didn't reach a supermajority as they planned and they hoped. And some House seats flipped to Republican. What would you say the, the real estate community reaction to that would be?
1: Well, I only have my reaction, which is um, that I'm not surprised. I think that on a local level, our relationship with the police and um, law and order and safety has been fraught. I'm very sympathetic to the Black community and how they must have felt terribly about George Floyd. But I think you know mayor de Blasio's consistent uh, consistently siding against the police like in the recent past couple of days warning them that he might not be supporting them is something people are going to react to and people are going to be nervous about because people want order and I have a very good friend in Mike Lawler who uh, won a, re- a Republican seat in the in Rockland county he's a he's he's the kind of guy we've been talking about today he's a fantastic uh empathetic socially minded guy but he ran he ran hard on law and order and and i any one, very decisively so th- those those kind of uh he's an example of of what you're talking about and i don't think it's i don't think it's bad in the sense of you know let's be rational let's be Let's address uh, systemic racism. Absolutely. I think we are addressing it and we'll continue to because it's, 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 it's not something that gets fixed without long, hard focus and work. But we also, you know, let's take care of basics um, that that don't have to do with that.
0: Do you think that there will be a change in the way that the real estate community lobbies the state legislature?
1: Oh, absolutely. I think it's already changed. I think the real estate board and the, uh, the, 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 the business associations in New York, uh, got caught, you know, flat footed. I think they're admitting that themselves. Um, and, and, but I think, um, I think folks in general have to realize that, uh, most real estate professionals and property owners consider themselves uh, real New Yorkers, good New Yorkers. They provide housing. Um, most of them are good people, and they 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 serve the communities that they own property in. And I think uh, we've uh, we've got to move past, you know, demonizing them. Uh, obviously, in every group. There are one or two bad apples, and they should be dealt with in terms of being made to act properly. But I think all in all, the real estate industry are a bunch of great people. They serve the city. And we used to think of New York City as the financial capital of the world. Well, it's the real estate capital of the world because, again, half the budget comes from real estate, and we we don't think about that every day. But the real estate industry contributes greatly to New York, loves New York, and we uh, we need to be looked at as a as a major, major part of the community and respected for that.
0: I was speaking to uh, Seth Pinsky the other day. He was in our story looking at the, the future of the Senate uh, a few weeks ago. Obviously, he worked for Mayor Bloomberg uh, in the Bloomberg administration. And he was saying that the real estate community really needs to look at that the winds are blowing against them and start offering up solutions to problems that they can work with rather than trying to block everything that they think is not tenable to them. What do you think about that concept? I mean, how can real estate, one, do you think real estate should do that? And two, do you, how do you think they could?
1: I think that's absolutely right. Some of the solutions should be around housing creation. We have, we have had programs that encourage development of low and moderate income housing in the city and those by, by the current administration have turned into one-off negotiations for every single development, that is untenable. That if you, if you are trying to acquire a development site to build low-income housing, and you have no idea what the city is gonna allow you to do, you can't risk your money, you can't risk your investor money, your lender is not, gonna, is not gonna be on board unless they know what you can do. So we have a uniform zoning code in the city, that's been in place since 1962 it worked very very well. We could do the same thing and get back to housing programs that are citywide that encourage development of, of housing for everybody so we're not a barbell society and um, we should throw the kitchen sink at that The first two stimulus packages that were that were put in place with the virus really helped and we need we need aggressive programs like that in the city to create uh, more housing which would create more jobs which would make it easier for people to live in the city you you don't want to be a barbell society where it's all rich folks and and folks who are struggling that's not the New York City that we want and we can't have that so there are economic drivers that we could put in place Um, on on the other front Uh, we should be lobbying for businesses like Amazon to come to New York, not pulling the rug out from under them at the last minute.
0: From my reporting this week, quite a few people told me that while the White House is capturing everyone right now, the New York City mayoral race is of great importance for real estate. That election has every um, major municipal office up for grabs as well. How do you think real estate should approach being in conversation or lobbying or however you want to describe it, that race.
1: We've talked about a lot of the things that are important for New York over the past couple of moments here. And, and that's what we should be talking about. We should be talking about who is going to be a political leader that can, that can be a cheerleader for these things and who is going to be unifying and who is going to be effective. But I also think the mayor's job is, again, I've already said, this is really a CEO. It's a, it's a major logistics job to it. So uh, mayor Giuliani came along at a time when the city was struggling with um, very high crime and was really not well run. And, um, and he whipped the city into shape right now. We have 330,000 city employees and, uh, fifty five different departments. and it, it's a massive job, and he organized it. and to his credit, he gives Mayor Bloomberg credit for doing even more with more data and more logistics and organizing his departments even better, which I think is is amazing that someone who accomplished so much would give someone else more more credit on top of that. So we had eight years of Giuliani, we had twelve years of Bloomberg. people forget. But we had 20 straight years of strong executive functioning leadership. And we need to find somebody like that. It's as simple as that.
0: From the inside, what do you need to do to be a successful mayoral candidate in the city? From someone who gave it a a shot.
1: Well, I think probably unless you're from a finance perspective, it's interesting that New York City election finance laws are arcane. And complicated but you probably and this is something I did not do you probably need to take the city matching funds program and accept it and what essentially I'm simplifying but you raise a couple million bucks which what, what was not hard for us to do and then the city for, gives you 12 million so you've got 14 year cap that sounds like a boatload of money but that's a very modest media campaign for, for, in New York City I think the only other way to do it because there are there are there are there are caps on what people can donate, no pack money, there's a giving limit. So the only other way to effectively run is the way Michael Bloomberg did, which is, you know, spend a lot of your own money and don't take money from other folks. We need to think about who our leaders are gonna be. We ought not to be as party oriented as people oriented, meaning that look at the leadership look at the potential to run a sophisticated large organization, you know, and look at the 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 traits of the leader as well. Are they empathetic? Are they going to unify? Are they gonna are they gonna get big things done?
0: Why did you withdraw? What was the reason?
1: Yeah, it was money. It was that is what I described, which is that I did not take the matching funds. I didn't do the math on the fact that the giving limits would make it very difficult to raise um, enough money to continue. And i had already invested a lot of my own money into the race. And it was a purely money decision, which, uh, which was tough, because I, I liked, the, I, li- I liked running for office, because I enjoyed a lot of it, I was meeting great people, and uh, up and down in every neighborhood in the city, I would have loved the job. So it was purely a, you know, an economic decision, which is tough, because my heart, was that I was enjoying it, and I knew I would have enjoyed working for the city. And I think, I, I think, you know, in talking about mayoral characteristics, I think, you know, we need a servant leader.
0: What's your advice uh, for someone then who's entering the race? Obviously, the economics.
1: The rest of it is just talk to all New Yorkers and talk to them. If you go out into the 75 distinct neighborhoods in New York City, People all care about different things, but they all love being part of the fabric of this. So I think be be someone who unifies. So there's a great example of a New York mayor who, who there's debate around, uh, Robert Wagner. In the late 60s, we were having all kinds of racial strife in the city, and he would march through neighborhoods, unifying people, bring them together. And uh, we need someone who's got that empathy and who's going to unify us in that way. So that, that image of uh, marching in communities, with communities together, is, is really what, what could help us a lot in New York. I think with uh, racial tension that we've experienced, um, th- that would have been an opportunity for a mayor uh, to get out there and walk the streets. But you, you've, gotta have the, you've gotta be empathetic towards all the people and they have to know and feel that, otherwise um, that, that's not gonna work.